This is episode 10 with DJ Anchor. I specialize in a very specific type of security. Subconscious security. You're talking about dreams. We create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream. And they fill it with their secrets. It's called Inception. Hello everyone and welcome to Cerebral Mind Control. My name is Hadlin. I am a hypnotist, magician, mentalist, and speaker. Every week I will bring to you a driven, focused artist or entrepreneur and pick their brains on how they have learned to control their minds for success. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. On this week's episode, we have DJ Anchor. We talk about preparation, about achieving opportunities, about being honest, about the 10,000 hour rule, refining your craft, and why experience is very important. And we also talk about the positive power of karma. Now, I first want to just apologize. I'm not feeling the greatest. Uh, maybe I caught a sickness from last week's episode. But yeah, feeling under the weather, but I'm actually feeling a lot better today. And I'm very lucky that uh, Tristan, Mr. DJ Anchor, was able to join us in the studio today for this episode, even though I'm sick and risking the fact that he might get sick, which I'm pretty sure he won't. We made sure that we took those precautions. <laughs> Anyways, back to the episode, guys. You're going to enjoy this episode, so thank you so much for tuning in. Please hit that like, that subscribe button, that share button to be in connection with all of our future episodes. And one last thing, this episode has been brought to you by Hadlin Entertainment, one-stop shop for premium corporate quality entertainment services. Now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tristan Meyer, a.k.a. DJ Anchor. Welcome to the podcast, Tristan, or as many people call you, DJ Anchor. Yes, thanks for, thanks for having me. Look, looking forward to it. Awesome. And, you know, the reason I have you on here is because you currently run a company called Armed with Harmony here yeah. in Saskatoon, and I'm sure that you don't just do Saskatoon, you're actually, I'm pretty sure you do Alberta and Saskatchewan, right? Yeah, and then even Saskatchewan's kind of a weird market because there's only two major cities comprising uh, about half a million people in the province, and then yeah. the remaining half a million lives in rural, so we're, yeah. you know, often traveling to rural places, you know, uh, Prince Albert and Yorkton and, you know, Moose Jaw, different places like that right. too, so. And, and I'd have to say, just from my experience in going to corporate events and other private parties, I always see you guys there. That's you, you'd have to good. <laughs> be the. I'd have to say that you guys are at least number one out of all the DJ companies well, in this area. So no, that's that's awesome. Thanks. We just try and uh, do a good job, provide a good service, yeah. be honest, and uh, that's kind of, kind of the name of the game. Yeah. Right. How long have you been doing this for? Uh, myself for fifteen years as a kind of independent DJ, radio, TV host, media kind of person in general, and the company we're going into our eleventh year coming up here in okay. uh, early two thousand sixteen. So oh right on yeah so yeah you started that shortly after then yep so just trying to said just 
thought that there was room for you know good GJs to be consistently working and providing a good service and uh, fortunately I guess it's it's worked out so yeah it's working out pretty good I'd imagine um, what's uh, if we can go back to the very beginning of it all yeah what inspired you to become a DJ to go this direction that's a great question yeah I never thought I would end up where I am today kind of when I started uh, uh, I always liked music my parents were big into into music with their record collections and there was always every family gathering was there was always music present uh, right. my dad was into kind of the old classics and, and some kind of the country and bluegrass stuff and my mom was kind of more into the the dancey stuff at the time which would have been like the disco the abbas and, yeah. and stuff like that and so we always had a you know great time listening to that and it just kind of grew from there i just ended up doing some school dances when i was kind of in in high school and then okay. um, moved from a, the small town that i grew up in of about 500 people there wasn't a lot of opportunities i guess in that small town so which uh, is what town uh it's called Wawoda. it's about Wawoda? Oh, okay. uh, five hours uh, uh, away from saskatoon about two and a half hours southeast of regina yeah so very close to the manitoba and, and uh, usa border and then i moved to to uh, regina where I did a kinesiology degree for four years. Um, from then, from there, I moved to uh, Edmonton. I took uh, radio broadcasting there for two years, and then I moved back to Regina just for about, uh, just a little bit less than a year, and then I've been in Saskatoon ever since, so about 12 or 13 years kind of thing, and that's kind okay. of when the company really started when I moved to Saskatoon. And so took off from there. Yeah. Very cool. And I've heard you on the radio, and... Uh, I apologize, I actually didn't know you were on TV as okay. well now. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, I did, uh, I did. I guess, because I'm, I guess I could say semi-retired or, or on, uh, at least hung up the, the microphone for now, but I did yeah. 10 years in radio. Uh, I started at The Wolf in Regina, which is why I was living there at the time. Then yeah. I moved to Edmonton. I did uh, Nate Campus Radio, and then I also worked for 91.7 The Bounce. Okay. Moved back to Regina, worked for The Wolf again, and then uh, I... The same company who owned The Wolf uh, also launched Wired 96.3, which is the reason why I had moved up to Saskatoon. Okay. And I was a major part of putting that together as far as, you know, picking colors and logos and hiring staff and all that kind of stuff. So it was... Right at the forefront. Yeah, it was a sad day when it switched, for me, when it switched from, you know, Wired to Cruise FM, which it was is, is currently now a classic rock format as opposed to a top 40 format. Um, it was kind of like giving giving away your your firstborn child, but um, you know it needed to happen, and it was good. And at that time, that's when I've kind of phased myself uh, um, out of radio and more to focus on the company which I'm running now. And yeah. Um, yeah, and then about halfway through that transition here to Saskatoon, I started doing TV, and I do a, a segment uh, once a week on CTV Morning Live. Uh, it's basically around around music, new releases, new music videos, concerts, top five iTunes for different okay. genres and things like that, just Very to keep cool. people up to speed on what's current and popular, I guess, in the world yeah. of music. So, Man, that's awesome. Yeah. How did you get in connection with the right people at the right time there? Like, just being in that industry, or did you have to go out there and do the legwork to, to meet these people? Yeah, like how did that come together? Like most industries, um, it's not usually that that big of an industry. It seems like that when you get in, but yeah. there's you know a handful of kind of key players. Um, there's always a handful of kind of the people who excel in their field. There's kind of the the bulk of kind of quote unquote everybody else, and then there's always the bottom guys who are kind of maybe on their way out or not doing business the way they should be or getting a bad reputation. So I just tried to focus on the people who I thought did good, honest work, who maybe even gave me a little, a few tips and insights, and I would 
Um, I appreciate that. And now I'm in a point where I'm a bit older. I can kind of give back to younger people. And, and as long as they're putting in the work and they're doing what I think is, you know, quality work or honest work, then I have no problem sharing tips and insights with them or, yeah. or um, you know, sh pushing them in the right direction. Um, and it's, it's been great because it's actually even come full circle with some people I started doing that a long time ago where they've been able to give, I've given back to them, they've done well in their careers, um, and then it's turned out where they've given back to me kind of unexpectedly. So it's nice. kind of nice to see, it's like your kids are growing up and, yeah. uh, and you know, instead of you paying for their college, um, now they're paying for you to live in an old folks home type of scenario, yeah. right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm not that old, but it's, it's nice to see people recognize that and are able to kind of give back in, in whatever, whatever community you happen to be in. In this case, it's, you know, entertainment, media, radio, TV, DJing, stuff like that. Um, I like to see people do that in any field they do. Just it helps right. that field have better credibility. It helps that industry grow and really, you know, garner the respect that it deserves. I know, especially the entertainment industry, can be very, very hit and miss at times. You know, um, some people aren't reliable. Some people have, you know, substance abuses or other vices in the entertainment nightlife industry. So um, to really show that you can be a professional while still having fun in a party type of environment I think was a big crutch that it, the, this whole industry was on and I think will continue to be on but the people who want to have a longer career will you know avoid those those vices and, and yeah. can maintain and and unfortunately the people who can't uh, you know I guess their careers you know they fizzle out fizzle out fall short and yeah right. as with most industries too I think um, so it'll it kind of I, I might get be getting the timeline wrong, but you went to Edmonton for media school, right? Yeah. But you were already in the media before that. Yeah, a lot of people, they, as was the advice that I was, I guess, given, you know, younger, I was already um, working in radio. I wasn't, I did like a one, once a week segment um, on the air with the morning show, um, just more to kind of get my feet wet and things like that, right. but I don't think it would have been uh, a long-term career choice. A lot of people who I looked up to, said that recommended things that I could do if I was serious about this. And they said, if you're really serious about it, you know, go to school for it, um, try another market, try different formats of radio and things like that. And uh, I think it was good advice. I met a lot of people that I'm still friends with and I still do business with to this day. You know, 15 years ago, we're talking now that that um, I look up to. They've It's kind of come full circle. So I think to expand your, your network, even though it was in Edmonton, um, you know, it really, really shows that getting out there and meeting people and showing them your passion and talents is never a bad thing. So, yeah. All right. Do you know what motivates you? Uh, some days it's different. And, yeah. and as my career has has progressed, it's definitely um, gone through different phases, I could say. Uh, I think for sure when I initially started, it was just the music that was... Yeah. That was it. I loved music. I wanted to share music with people. I enjoyed seeing people having a a, um, a good time. And then after you, you know, you start maybe getting some full time gigs um, and things like that. The uh, the the better um, the better bigger gigs, the bigger parties, the bigger events definitely have their appeal. So you kind of get that starstruck rock star yeah. kind of mentality for a little while. 
um, and then, you know, and then there's always a point where you get those gigs and when you're kind of on top, there's only one place to go, which is down. So sometimes you get uh, humbled. And for me, when I moved back to Regina for the, the second time, that was definitely a humbling eight months to year. When I left the city, I had, you know, four to five nightclub spots up per week okay. at all the busiest and kind of biggest spots. And I was away for two years and, and moving back, all those spots had been filled and there was right. new people. So, um, it was really, it was really a very trying year for me to, you know, I'm glad that I had radio to focus on it and that was my focus of moving back, but I figured I could just come back into the city and, yeah. you know, take over what was, what had been mine at one point, but it wasn't the case. So, um, so at that point you kind of started the grassroots again and build those relationships and, and things up. And, um, you know, now I'm a, a dad and a husband, so I got two kids and a wife. So, um, you know, things like time is important. So you want to work less. And if you want to work less, you want to make more. So sometimes money becomes, you know, a motivating factor in that. It's definitely, and it never has been, and it never will be the only factor. It's always nice to get paid for what you love to do, whether it's a musician or a DJ or any type of buddy, anybody in the entertainment field, such as yourself, you know, you want to get paid for the talents and the efforts that you put towards the craft. Um, Obviously, we all want raises at some, you know, some point, but... Um, yeah, those are sort of definitely, you go through phases of that as, as different things in your life become more and less important. Um, and I don't think this will be the last phase of my life. I think I'm, it will come back to a point where as I get older, um, I won't want to play as much and I'll really want to be selective on the places that I play, whether it's for large sums of money or almost free. Um, as I get older and, you know, I'm getting closer to retirement. I would just want to go out and play the gigs that I had fun at, whether there was money or attached to or not. I would still do it because I love the music, which kind of brings it, again, full a little bit full again. circle. Yeah, it's kind of weird how it goes, but there's definitely the phases. So Yeah, a lot of, everything seems balanced with you so far. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing so far. This is great. Awesome. Um, and I apologize as well. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm doing my best to <laughs> keep my voice up to par with your your radio <laughs> yeah. TV voice. <laughs> no, it's I uh, just try and I uh, was never a fan of that part of it. On the funny side, there's there's uh, there's a little saying in radio called "Don't sound like Randy Radio." So that's where you have the "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> no, it's that's not. You just want to be, you know, who you are, true and authentic. And if, if you're putting on a front in a show, people can see they can the see sh- right through it. Yeah. The show the show is. And you know for sure, the show is talking to people, connecting to them, finding out what makes them tick, and then playing on those things. If they have, in your case, Fear of Spiders, play on that in the hypnosis shows and, yeah. and, and work with it. It's not, it's not fabricated. If it, if it is, it, the, the truth will come out in the watch of the thing. You know, if you know that you're going to a certain event for myself, for an example, and they, they grew up in a small town like I did, I have a lot of those ideas of what those people like to listen for music, you know, stuff my dad did, country, bluegrass, roots type of stuff, and right. I can really get into their headspace. I may play um, events differently, depending on who who's going to be there. Sometimes there is events where I need to play for the benefit of the, the venue or the club owner to make their night successful. There's other events that I play where they specifically hired me to play what they want or within a certain box or parameter, so I have okay. to follow um, those rules. And there's sometimes where it's just all thrown out the window and they say, no, we really trust you, do whatever you think's do good, and, and we're a fun group and we'll pretty much be responsive to that. So, yeah, it's really getting into people's you know, heads and finding out what they want and just essentially giving it to them. It's, it seems yeah. so simple, but so many people um, are trying to maybe do them or put on a show or a front, and I said people yeah, can definitely yeah. definitely see through that. So, Do you ever find that 
you know, since you're, you're playing music for people, you're getting them to dance. Do you ever feel like maybe you're, in a sense, a hypnotist? Because you're controlling the way that they're moving and yeah. the way that they're dancing and their energy levels? Well, sometimes we say, depending on the type of event it is, but sometimes we refer to them as puppets, so we like to make our, yeah. puppets, our puppets dance. <laughs> but um, it's the same thing, you know, say a ventriloquist, you know, even though it is an inanimate object being, you know, um, just being, you know, a dummy, you have your hand in the dummy's back and you're con controlling them. It's to get to know and have a relationship with that dummy, or in this case, the you connection. know, the connection, the people, right. the dancing, whether it be, you know, a corporate event or a wedding or a nightclub, and they could be 20, they could be 60, but getting into their head, and as far as, you know, we're not hypnotizing them, but you can definitely get people in a, a subconscious mood, a subliminal type of feeling, and especially with the music flowing consistently, if you're mixing it properly, they're almost not knowing that songs are changing, but they still have that um, adrenaline, that serotonin that's being pumped into their brain that this is good, I feel good. Yeah. Alcohol obviously is a, is a helper uh, of that situation and, you know, in moderation, uh, but it's, it's definitely interesting to see them grow throughout the night. Um, the flow of our night is a huge part of keeping people at the event and, the, and on the dance floor. You can't just play, you know, slow show music all night. You just can't play high energy music all night. There's waves. It goes up and down, just like the brain waves are thinking. It needs spikes. It needs peaks and valleys to really maintain people there. And a lot of people still to this day can't put a, they can't put a, um, they can't point a finger at what it is, but they know good or bad, or they know if there's energy or a vibe. Vibe is something that's manufactured. It's man-made. Vibe is subjective. It's like art. It's like food. Does it taste good to you? Yes. Does it taste good to me? No. It's very subjective. And we talk about warming up our room as DJs. You can't walk in there and just start playing, you know, banging them over the head with a baseball bat to get them to dance. You need to warm them up, get them in a good mood, get them ready to dance, and that's part about creating that vibe and energy that isn't really seen or present until you physically see bodies dancing and reacting to it. Right. And that's something that's very hard to measure. It's also something that can change, that the room can change. 50 people leave to go outside for a smoke or something happens where you know the room is changing. You need to, as a DJ or as an entertainer, see that, understand that, and then adapt to what you're doing to maintain that level of positivity and, and, and energy. And uh, I think it's, it's so subjective because it's, it's really not tangible right. unless you're seeing somebody physically dancing or somebody hypnotized. So, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that's kind of the magic, I guess, behind you know, what we do as entertainers. Very cool. Very cool. Now, we touched on it a little bit, and that's time. How do you manage your time? Because I'm sure you have like a lot going on. You have your business, you have your family, yeah. number one, which that that's got to be the hardest part. Like, how do you prioritize things? Marry a good woman. I did that. Yeah. So shout out to my <laughs> wife Ashley. She's uh, she's definitely the rock of kind of the relationship. Just to really have you know spouse friends understand that I would be naive to think that I've. I've never lost friends or, or relationships with people because of my work. They don't understand that typically, you know, I would work 40-hour week Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 in the office doing meetings, meeting with people like you, all kinds of different things that 
don't necessarily directly relate to actually going out and DJing and things like that, but you're spending that time, like we're doing now, to either create content, market, advertise, network, hone your craft, practice, all those things. So when the performance comes, which would typically be on a Friday or Saturday night, now you're working, you know, six to seven days a week. So balance of that is very important. I run a pretty tight schedule. Technology is great, so I have my Google Calendar, my iPhone Calendar, which I rely heavily on to kind of find out where I can, you know, have blocks of times for me or for family or for other other things because um, there's definitely a lot of responsibilities to do, when, especially when you're managing a, a team of DJ um, events or living, breathing things. They have start times, end times, they have deadlines, they have performances, they have awards, they have announcements, they have guest speakers. All these things can happen and they can change. And most people, I I feel, um, outside of our you know event organizers that we work with, are very inexperienced in this field and they can be somewhat unpredictable. They just have a lack of experience. So their intentions are almost always in the right, right spot or right area. But... Uh, they just haven't done enough event coordinating of their own to know, you know, to most efficiently spend their time. And unfortunately, that affects the time that I have to maybe spend with them or not spend with them. So, right. um, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a typical kind of kind of week for me. And then, you know, any any luxury time is is, is luxury time. And you for sure um, capitalize, on, capitalize that. on that. <laughs> yeah. So. You have one kid, two kids, two girls, two, two girls, two girls. Yeah, so gonna have to buy a lot of guns when they get older here. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're definitely they definitely change. They change the way you you view the world for sure. When you're single or married, there's uh, you know you're only looking out for you or or one other other person, and they're relatively you know around your same age, have the same ideals, is why you're compatible as mates or, or partners. When you have children, that is basically thrown out the window. They're younger infants. They have totally different, you know, not totally different, but they have different ideas of what's fun, different things that pique their interest. Right. And they're, you know, two to three generations or, you know, or decades, I guess, um, yeah. you know, younger younger than you would be. So it, it definitely brings things more into focus of what's really important. That's one thing I learned to do when I have children that... Um, uh, it's probably a PG podcast, but I, I, when I had kids, I tried to cut the BS. That was kind of my, my mantra was cut the BS. Anything that's not important or anything that's, I feel, I feel that family and things like that were more important than I would just became not important. And it, things like, you know, video games and going to movies and things like that. Yes, they were fun and pleasurable, but they were just kind of a time they just sucked your time exactly. away, and how do you do spend your time there when it could be with you know family, friends, things like that? So um, it was it became very clear, and it was a very easy choice to make when I when I had kids. So okay, yeah, okay, and it just seemed natural for you then. Yeah, I just it really does. Everyone else says, and then until I had kids, that didn't believe it. They just said having kids will change you, and that's <laughs> that's all I can say. It will change you, and it just really changed your perspective on okay, at this event there are kids and oh, I bet you those parents haven't been out on a date or out of the house in, in months and oh, they may have to leave early and this and all these little other tangibles that you don't think about because it's just you that you have these living, breathing humans that you're responsible for and they, they have a different direction. So it, uh, <laughs> it definitely, definitely is an eye-opener if you, yeah, when, they, when it happens. So Cool, very cool. Do, do you feel like they're going to become DJs themselves? 
You know what? Um, my parents were, they were both um, high school teachers. So my mom was a high school and elementary teacher. My dad was a high school teacher and phys ed teacher. Uh, my wife is a teacher as well. So I guess I was the, the bad apple out of the bunch here. But uh, their kind of way of raising me was they just gave me many opportunities to explore different things. Sports and reading and crafts and art and music and entertainment, all these just things. And some things I enjoyed, some things I excelled at, some things I did not excel at, some things they forced me to do for the benefit of my own good, in which I couldn't foresee being, you know, a, a, a youngster. Right. Um, so I'm just, my goal is just to do something very similar, is just to give them opportunities. And wherever they feel that they enjoy or like, I would want to just foster that positive energy into you know, into what's, you know, what they, they enjoy. Obviously, we're going to have, you know, we're not going to pu push them in a bad direction, but we'll right. give them, you know, 20 positive options and they can explore them and whatever they like, then that's, and just roll with that's that. up to them. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. On your journey so far to this point, what is something small that you've done that has helped shape who you are today? Okay. Wow. Good question. Um, to be honest, very small um, honesty. It, it seems so simple, um, and I think it's even harder in the industry that I'm in as far as entertainment, music, DJing, nightlife, social activity, you know, um, some people, recreational drugs, alcohol, things like that. It's all part of this world that I'm in. Uh, whether I agree with any of it or not is, is unbiased because I have to live in this world, so I have to choose what I do. But... Um, I think just blatant honesty with people is, is the best policy. Most people are pretty understanding. Um, lies will always catch up to you um, in the end, and people will say we'll see through that. So just to be very honest and also transparent. If they ask a question, I try to give them more information, which is probably you can tell in this podcast, more information maybe than they need. But um, I think then they, they can choose and they can discern through that information you know, what of that is valuable to them and then make the appropriate decision to make a choice to do business or not to do business with the way that I operate kind okay. of my my persona as well as my, you know, company. So, Okay. Very cool. I like it. And I just have to take some time and acknowledge you for being such a great person that works hard from a very young age, as, I, as we've touched on now. You were able to get into the media and then decide to go to school after that, too, which was really cool. Not many people will go into a field before they take any sort of schooling for it. And just the fact that you were able to, you know, just buckle down and do something and work at it, that's inspiring, I feel. And then taking that knowledge back home, you know, going through that struggle that you said you, you went through, right, of losing some of the, the work that you had because you left, but coming back and rebuilding it and just pushing through that adversity, that's really powerful. And now being a father, that's the most amazing part about it, I feel. You know, all of the other stuff aside, just being able to continue to do what you feel is your passion with having your children there and cultivating their minds is amazing.
Hopefully, Dad can keep doing it uh, long enough so they can <laughs> see they're not old enough to be into to any nightclubs, but I guess private events they could uh, come and check it out. But yeah, that was always neat. I always, you know, in my late teens, I was still seeing my parents actively doing things that they enjoyed, whether it be work or recreational activities. My dad, being a phys ed teacher, he coached me for many sporting events as well. Okay. So it was neat to see him be that active, that active part of my um, my life and just. To, to get that almost instant instant feedback and yeah. and uh, still see that you know it's you're not just uh, walk uh, not just talking the talk but you're walking the walk that it wasn't all back in the day I used to do this I used to yeah. do that it's like no I'm still still actively doing it so uh, hopefully I can uh, be young at heart for a few more years here nice uh, how young are you today me I'll, I'm 32 right now oh I'll that's be, not even old at all no I'll be th I'll be 33 uh, in early 2016 here so it's st still young still a lot of good years ahead of me but I said Having kids changes you, your perspective, your your focus is definitely, you know, split amongst, you know, the things you have to do versus the things you want to do or need to do. Those are very, three very separate things. And I said right. finding that balance is, as you get older is becomes way more apparent. It will come into 2020 focus very, very soon. And okay. I'm, hopefully you'll be fortunate enough to experience, yeah, you know. Yeah, to eventually. Yeah. Just not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I feel I'm too young for that right now. But, yeah. You know. When you need to be in a high-performance zone, is there something that you do to kickstart your brain to that point? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Uh, there's definitely a few things. For sure, in, my, in what I do, preparation is a huge part of what I do. Um, a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten weren't because an opportunity came around and I tried to be ready for it. You know, a big event or something came around. Oh, I think I'm a good fit for that. It, it, you have to reverse your mentality that you need to always be working hard when that opportunity comes, you will be ready for it. So uh, give you, I'm trying to think of some, some examples on the just bigger events that I've done or played over the years that uh, I've seen in maybe other markets. Like I, I, I would love to do that in, in this market. Um, and you start thinking of it now, and then by the time it actually happens, it's a year or two years down the road. And then you actually have looked back and reflected on that and thought to myself, wow, I was, you know, I was, 80% ready for this, you know, event that did a really good job, but two years ago I would have been 20% ready, and, and I thought at that point I was ready. So I think always always working on your craft will never do you wrong, so an opportunity you knocks, you will be the go-to person for that. Um, another thing that I do, I think uh, I enjoy running. I love it. It's most people run with earbuds or headphones in to escape the maybe physical pain the body's experiencing that. I'm the exact opposite. I listen to a lot of music. So when I go running, um, I love the fresh air. I love to have no earbuds. I love to hear okay. traffic, nature, all those kinds of sights, sounds, and it's just totally um, kind of wipes the palate clean. It would be similar to um, food sampling or scent sampling where you sniff the, the coffee. Right. Yeah, and you, you, wipe, you wipe your palate clean, and then you can smell different colognes and perfumes and th things like that. So I really like to kind of wipe it clean, go in with, you know, fresh ideas and things like that. So I think a, a balance between preparation, physical activity, and just totally wiping your palate clean is, is the best way to get in that type of performance zone. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I'm, I'm going to apply a lot of that. And, you know, I, I'd have to say that when I exercise... Sometimes I'll listen to music, but I, now that you say that, I, I, there are a few times where I forgot my headphones, and I feel like I was uh, maybe getting better results because I wasn't 
maybe distracted by the music. You know what? Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely think of that. I know a lot of people would use it as a crutch. It's not a bad thing. I encourage people to listen to this podcast and my DJ mixes while they're at the gym. Yeah. If you're hearing this right now, you can go grab them on either of our sites. But um, it definitely, the ears and and the, the mind numbs yourself. And I said you could, you can focus more. That pain is always there, yeah. whether you choose to acknowledge it or not. You know, the the mind is a very powerful tool. And if you're really trying to focus on something, you can't be distracted elsewhere. So, um, you know, I think it's it definitely has pros and cons. I would just... Uh, Depends uh, on the person, right? Yeah, and I, I would use the old analogy of you know, your parents when you were a kid, you know, don't sit so close to the TV, you're going to go blind. I think in moderation, you know, whether it's volume level or the amount you use it, I think it's good to um, have two sample groups like most right. people do. You have your control group and then you have your test subjects, right? Exactly. Maybe you can figure that out and I guess whatever <laughs> works for you. But Maybe do an experiment. On your own <laughs> self, yeah. Very good. So we kind of touched on that actually. Um, it's a question I ask most people is the difference between them now and them five years ago. But... Uh, I'd like to actually add to that and ask you, what's the major difference that you see between yourself now and five years in the future? Wow. Okay, that's uh, that's deep. Um, and we can add add the past in there as well if you want to add a few more things there. Yeah, I think I'll start with the past because it's probably easier because I've been there. The future is yeah. a is a big question mark and unknown. Uh, past, I I think between five years years ago and now. Um, I'm definitely, I always liked giving back and giving, uh, you know, giving back to the community and, and certain people. I feel like I'm now in an opportunity with what I've built to really physically, mentally, verbally, whatever it is, to really actually give a lot more back. So I have been doing that and it's been, it's been great. I'm secure with where I am, with what I'm doing. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, and it actually almost gives me more joy to push people in the right direction. I never had a, a mentor. I never had a, a DJ teacher. There wasn't YouTube when I was learning. So all these tools that are accessible to people are great, but I still think human interaction and, and human coaching and things like that has a very powerful tool. And I've been able to do that with a lot of members on my team and to, to see them grow and then to help them get to the next plateau. And then when they get there, they come back and and uh, sometimes the road is bumpy, sometimes the road is smooth, but they always come back and say, thanks for steering me in the right direction, thanks for showing me this, it's really helped me grow as a DJ, and, and ultimately as a person, they say too, so hopefully, um, you know, I can help mold the, the minds and personalities and, and styles of people, you know, in a, in a positive direction, and it all goes back to giving back to what we do, or what I do as, a, as an in industry, entertainment, DJ, music, whatever that, you know, you want to call that, so um, five years from now, that's a that's a great question. Um, hopefully, not a lot will have changed in five years. Um, okay. Hopefully, just kind of maintain um, you know what maintain what what we've done and uh, maybe just streamline the things that uh, that we've done and and uh, be maybe a bit more laser focused versus more shotgun gun focused. Um, I think the, the longer you do something, you really have a good idea of what you're good at, right. what's working. And what refines. Yeah, just really refine it. And, and there's a lot of things I know that right now that I do spend a considerable amount of time on that maybe has a, a lesser return, whether that you know be um, you know things that I get back from that, whether that be actual events or financial compensation or whatever those things may be. You know, I still 
it's tough because sometimes you enjoy those things, but it needs to be worth it because there's other things that are worth your time, like family and things yeah. like that too. So just to really kind of streamline it would be uh, would be tough because everything I do I enjoy, but uh, you do have to you do have to kind of clip your wings at a, at a certain point, right? Right. So. Okay, I have, I have another hard question for you. Okay, <laughs> what do you feel is the purpose of life? The purpose of life. Wow. And in the past on the podcast we've had um, Chad Reynolds. He said that the purpose of life for him was stories, telling stories, listening to stories, sharing stories. Okay. Um, another person's. Oh, what did they say? I'm, not getting it off the top of my head but yeah do you have anything you can think of? I mean yeah from, from my background I was raised in, in a very Christian home so obviously I my personal and, and religious beliefs are that we're here for a short time if you're counting eternity when we're off this earth as the rest of time right this is a very uh, drop in the pan a very flash in the pan if you will so um, I think our, our purpose in, in on on earth is to enjoy our time on earth and and serve you know serve the lord serve a, a higher being that's that we've been accountable for that has given us the opportunity to to do things and um sometimes my wife will even correct me you know it's like i'll have a great day something will have gone very well i'll have you know something will have happened that was very positive and uh, i i will personally be excited and um, you know, I say things like, I can't believe I did that, or I can't believe that happened, or I can't believe the hard work, you know, that I did, it paid off, and she'll, you know, almost always correct me saying, well, no, that's the work that God has allowed you to do. He has given you those skills. He's given you, you know, a sharp mind, a fit body, these different types of things. He's allowed you to do that, and, and it really makes you think that, yeah, it is, it's out of my control, but it's in my control, and it's a, it's a tough, a tough balance to include that when, you know in your brain I could choose to wake up tomorrow morning or not. If I'm going to lay in bed all day tomorrow, I'll lay in bed all day tomorrow and not do anything. But, you know, I'll miss client phone calls, I'll miss meetings, I'll miss events, all these different types of things. So you feel like the choice is yours, but, uh, you know, you've been given these this these set of skills and, uh, you know, it's what someone's allowing you to do with them. And I feel fortunate, I feel blessed for, for having that. So I think... Our purpose is to explore the gifts that we've been that we've been given and do the right things with them. I'm not creating weapons of mass destruction, and I'm not, you know, creating the atom bomb and and you know different things like other people have done in the, in the past. And that's where the whole it circles back to the you know being honest, being truthful of my persona. I just feel that's the right thing to do, an honest person, an honest business, and hopefully I will be rewarded with an eternity of uh, you know the, the fruits of my labor. I guess. So. Okay. All right. I like it. Very good. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to our my my compilation of purpose of life. Okay. Yeah. So that was great. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. That's great. Um, I'd like to ask you a few more questions if you have some more time. Yeah. You bet. Okay. If you could leave behind, and it wouldn't be any of your work, but if you could leave behind maybe a TV show, book, movie, album, and this piece of media that when somebody consumes it they know who you are wow okay what would you leave behind i thought you were going to go somewhere else that i was going to say if i had to you know have to pick a, a rolling stones or a notorious big record or something like that yeah. that would have been maybe a little bit easier but um yeah and when they when they consume it they know okay 
this is Tristan Myers. Yeah, that's uh that's a that's a great question. You know what? I think that it will almost go back to what you're saying about Chad before. I think it will be stories and experiences, um, which is something that's so not tangible. It's not uh, things that I've done. It's not mixes that I've made. It's not the website. It's not pictures or photos or videos from events or different things like that. It's the experience. I, I work in the entertainment industry. It's some days smoke and mirrors. It's some days very tangible you know, said people dancing, having a good time, but then at the end of the day, when that event or party is over, um, it's the experience, it's how people feel. Um, there's an old saying that goes, um, people may not remember you or your name, but they'll remember how you made them, them feel. feel. Right. So that's, I think, part of part of what I do as a DJ and entertainer, that that they remember that. It, I may not have played all of their favorite songs, or or it may not have been the perfect party, but uh, the accumulation between other vendors or people that work with me, whether it be venues or food or different things like that, which you're probably very familiar with, is that the overall success of that. So that's why having great partners and things like that are, are important. But at the end of the day, it's the overall experience. And if they remember they had a good time, they may not be able to pinpoint what it was. Maybe it was the awesome dessert that gave them that chocolate caffeine high that made them get on the dance floor and then they danced all night. But the chocolate kicked it off. I just happened to be the right guy there playing the right music for them. And I was able to kind of see their body language, you know, physically, you know, and I get paid to physically stereotype people by the way they look. Um, if you're wearing a cowboy hat, I'm probably going to play country music. If you're wearing yeah. baggy jeans, I'm probably going to play hip hop. If you're in a shirt and tie, I'll play some classic rock and disco, things like that that you, that you may not think about. But if I can understand that of, of you know, within say, you know, 90% accuracy, because there's not every book can be read by its cover. Yeah. But I think to create those experiences for people, that's what we'll remember. And those experiences turn into stories that they tell, that legendary parties or events or things like that. And, yeah. and I have people talk to me all the time. They remember me from certain events, and I don't even remember what I played that night, okay. but I, I remember the event going, yeah, that was an awesome party. That was a great event. And... That's that's what you remember. That's the legacy that you're essentially going to be leaving behind. So, right. yeah. now you perform a lot. How do you refine your performances? Do you record yourself, or do you take notes while you're on the go? Like, how great, you... great question. Yes, um, I, there's many, many, many a night. Not as much anymore because I, I have children. But there was many a night uh, for a lot of years where I would uh, go play an event, and the event would anywhere be, be between, you know, four to five hours of, of live music and live DJing, and I would, I would record it, and uh, then I would take that file, and I would, I would go home, and it would take me, by the time I extracted it from a recording device, um, this is before everything was fully digital, I would extract it from a recording device and then dump it onto um, an iPod, and I would literally fall asleep listening to myself, but I had just finished playing that set, so it was fresh yeah. in my mind, and and uh, I would then make notes. Um, I, to this day, um, I make notes on my phone, or I'll email myself uh, at an event going, oh, that, was really, that sounded really good, that wasn't so good, I'd never do that again, different things like that. Uh, with technology, with the DJ software we use, we have little virtual kind of storage crates and things like that, so okay. I can take you know files and put them in there and I just label the folders like do this mix again or save this series of songs or stuff like that so it gives right. me a reminder and then as you kind of uh, you know you get them a lot of the DJs I look up to they have little mini sets I guess so they play a four or five hour show but in there they have a, 
a little 10 to 20 minute, say, routine of very similar songs, stitching and selection and stuff like that. And, uh, but then they'll totally, once that's done, they'll totally go a different direction. And I was maybe predicting something, but they, then they're stitching together another, you know, little mini kind of routine. So okay. they kind of hone those over the years. And then when you're in the, the right situation where that needs to be played or the right people are in the room, you can easily pull that out. And it's almost subconsciously that you're doing it because you've done it so many times you've perfected it. A uh, wise man once told me that to be a, a true pro or, um, to be an expert in a certain field, you need to do um, 10,000 hours yeah, at your craft, that, yeah. and that's just under basically your 40 hours a week, um, just under uh, 10 years to, to do that. So, and that's a lot of lot of lot of time and dedication um, towards that. But um, it d does make a lot of sense. You see people who are almost doing things effortlessly, and it's you can now you know why professional athletes or performers, entertainers, it's they just in so many hours. They just do it and do it and do it and do it, and they just become so good at it. And I think you're in the field of it too, but I think magicians are so good, especially with that sleight of hand stuff. They're just doing it so subconsciously that you're looking here and they're moving something, you know, they're putting the card under the, under the glass while you're looking at the fanned out deck of cards, looking for your four of clubs, but he actually slid it underneath the glass when he fanned the card that already it's been sitting there for two minutes and you're looking for the card, right? But right. it just becomes so, so fluid. And that's where I think the performance and the entertainment aspect comes to that. You're doing the trick. That's the work. The, the part of that you want to do is you want to still look and act and feel and sound like a human being that has a conversation, that makes eye contact, that notices, you know, the, you know, the guy in the back with the slicked hair who's the gangster and the pretty girl in the front and things like that. Humans notice those things. So if you're still talking to those people, interacting like it while performing your trick, magic, hypnosis, DJing, things like that. That's great. I've had full-on intelligent conversations about people while I've been DJing with one earphone on my ear and the other ear listening to them, and I'm hearing two different things, but I can still do it because, you know, you're seasoned at the craft, but, uh, it, yeah, That's awesome. definitely, <laughs> it definitely is part of a show, what we do. Um, I don't know if you remember that old, the old Vegas game with the three cards. Yeah, that the, three card Monty. Three card Monty, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, Part of it is it's that show. It's giving somebody the confidence. You're creating that show. There's, you know, a couple of people standing around who were, you know, unaware that there's four or five of your friends there that aren't, that are on your team, but seem to, you know, not be a part of the equation. And they're bidding and they're winning. And it gives you the confidence as a bystander to put money down. And no one ever wins three card Monday. The whole point is it's a hustle. And, but that's, you're creating, you've created that, um, you know, product and you've created that environment and just like we do for our performances, some of these big name DJs that we're seeing in these electronic music festivals, are they any better or worse than, you know, the average guy? No, probably not. But the things they've done is they've either networked well or they've gotten to a point where the production side of it, the show and the three card Monty, the, the, you know, Uncle Eddie, who's in the back, you know, winning money, it's the staging, the lighting, the production, all those things that have put you on that stage to create at the end of the day, that experience, and they remember that experience because it was that experience was so much greater than anything they'd ever experienced before. That you're auto automatically being associated with being better, higher qualified, those types of things. But it's, it's in all about the experience. It, it's it's about the experience, and some people do different things to achieve that experience. And you need to know that the environment you're in, if it's a small little lounge or pub, and you, you need to be more intimate and do the the hand-to-hand -hand magic, you know, the table magic type of stuff versus doing the David Copperfield, David Blaine levitating type of stuff. There's different arenas for that, and I think the true 
pros understand what and where you can get away with these certain things based on your performance. So, right. Yeah. Very good. Thank you very, very much. That's awesome. If you could leave behind, again, it's very similar to what we talked about before, but the only change is the piece of media that you leave behind. Yeah. So it's not any of your work, but the piece of media will teach your children an important lesson and they have to consume the media and they have to learn it and apply it. Okay. So book, TV show, movie, album. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't have necessarily a piece of media that I'm thinking of right now, but more of a, a concept. I, I think that um, basic music lessons, so instruments, learning, um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, the, uh, depending, hopefully the future still has, you know, things like YouTube and tutorials and stuff in it and, and natural music teachers. But yeah. I think that consuming, you know, um, music books with notes and rhythms and melodies and drum patterns and different things like that, just learning the basics of music construction will never steer you wrong no matter what field of entertainment they want um, to go in. Not saying my children have to go into that that field, but the ability to to learn learn the basics that's so essential at that beginning stage and once you've learned that then you can choose to apply that in different ways and you can choose to take it whatever way you want. If you take music lessons you can choose to be a drummer, a guitarist, a pianist, a flute player, a trombone player, or if you can be a music producer, you could be a DJ. Uh, and, and as the career changes you could get into things like PR and marketing and A&R and different things like that. So. Um, that's just speaking more regards to kind of my field, but I think learning the basics of the media would be, you know, a book of, you know, the history, the history of music, learning that and, and, and studying these people, anyone who's, I feel who's done anything great or impactful in their lives, they've really studied, studied the people before them yeah. and they've, they've done a few things. They've studied them. They've learned kind of their secrets and their way to success. And they've either done one of two things. They've made it their own or they've adapted it for the, you know, the current modern times that they, that they may, be, may be in. You know, there's still timeless tricks, I'm sure, in, in oh, yeah. magic. You know, the, the classic Houdini straight jacket underwater type of tricks that will, um, you know, never, never die. But learning how that was performed and then elevating it to, you know, modern times with, you know, technology and products and things like that always changing and really putting a fresh spin on it, uh, I think is important. And as you learn those things, then that's when people get creative and then and adapt with their own tricks and methods and things like that, which then those are the people that really blow the minds of people because they've studied the, the basics and the roots and then they've been able to take it, master that and then take it to that next level. So. Right. With music, do you feel there are, are any ways that you have applied those teachings to the rest of your life? Like any metaphors or lessons? Um, I said I grew up taking, you know, different types of musical instrument lessons and things like that. So I did understand, you know, a lot of the basics, which I think gave me an advantage to get into the field that, uh, you know, I've done. Most of the stuff that I really applied, I guess, was the people that I was I learned from. Maybe I feel like it's partially a little bit more dense, I guess, in in the entertainment world. But everyone that I learned from was just super passionate about what they did. They they weren't just doing it to do it. It wasn't uh, 
Um, you know, they didn't learn to become a mechanic and they're just, you know, fixing cars every day of their life and it's a mundane thing. It's it's the, the guys who went to school to be a mechanic and they, they do their nine to five and they come home and they work on hot rods and things like that. Right. They, they've taken that passion and same with the, the teachers I've had in the past is that they're so passionate about it that they they put in the extra time and that's where a lot of people ask me about my successes and that I don't think it's come because I'm uber talented or anything. I just really love what I do. I'm passionate. So I put in the time and I think the more time you put in, the more skills you learn. And I guess after your 10,000 hours, I guess, you know, you do have some pretty good, you know, tricks up your sleeve and, and, uh, you know, it, it pays off, but I wasn't looking to get there. I just legitimately enjoyed what I do. And if there's some benefits from it, bring them on. I'll, I'll, I'll take them. Yeah. Right on. Do you feel that uh, there's anything that you've learned about your mind that uh, you could hope to maybe pass on to other people? It's a, it's a great question. Um, I for surely believe, and this is, has nothing to do with what I do as a as a DJ or as an entertainer or anything that it has more to do from kind of my sports background. Um, is that definitely the mind and body are two separate things, and the mind is far more powerful than the body. Uh, the mind makes the body do things or not do things. And one of my best experiences, um, going back to the running thing, I did one of my one of my goals that I set for myself that was in the year that I turned 30 was to complete a full triathlon. And I did that, and it was a very, very good experience. And uh, I finished just over four hours, which apparently for the first time doing it, it's a quite quite a respect you know not a great time but a very respectable time and um uh it was just going from one thing to another and just doing something that intense for that length of time your mind uh often wants to quit people who this is a prime example people who aren't runners or bikers or swimmers they'll run you know once they're on the track, which is 400 meters, and halfway through, they're they're like, "Quit! I'm tired. I'm I'm gasping, whatever." Or even people who have never run anything longer than a couple of kilometers, as far as distance goes. You mentioned the fact of doing a a marathon or things like that. It's their their mind hurts. Their mind explodes because yeah. they can't comprehend that how long how they could run for two to three or four hours, you know, straight and. Um, it goes back to the gym with the headphones and zoning out. It's getting your mind in that in that state and preparing it, and then just getting in in that groove where you almost subconsciously zone out, but your body is still going through that. And and uh, I think that's a a great kind of tactic to to share with people that you can do a lot. You can your body can do a lot more than your mind may lend to think sometimes. And it's the whole goes back to. Do I get out of the bed in the morning or do I not? Well, it's not that hard to get out of bed, but you have to convince yourself that you can do it, right? And that's that's going to be the biggest challenge for, for most people. That um, For me, I guess it was a lot of people said, you can't do these things. And you can't be a DJ full-time. That's not a career. That's not a job. That's a weekend hobby. Well, I've proved them all wrong. And the point of it wasn't to prove them wrong. The point of it was that I love this so much that I'm going to put in the work that I can make this a full-time thing. And... You know, when I was growing up, that was never the case. Now it's, I feel like it's more common than ever that everyone's a DJ and they are doing it, you know, somewhat full time. But, um, so I like to think that I've maybe partially paved the path right. for that. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, it just goes to show, it just goes to show that if you really want something, you can do it. 
never, I never thought putting a man on the moon was possible, all these other things, right? But if you, you know, if you dedicate your life to it and put your mind towards something, there's a, there's a high probability that if you, you can dream it, you can achieve it. So. Okay. I like that a lot, man. Thank you very much. And before we wrap things up here, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, easiest way to find me personally just through my website. So it's just djanchor.ca, just how it sounds, d-j-a-n-c-h-o-r.ca. Um, that's my personal site. All of my social media stuff is on there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I have an app, all those kinds of stuff. So it's pretty much all of it is um, at djanchor306. Okay. It's just the number three zero six, um, but I said it's all. I kind of funnel everybody through my through my website, and all that good content is is on there. If you're looking for more of my company, which is called Armed with Harmony, uh, it's very much the same thing. Just Armed with Harmony, uh, just like it sounds. Armed with Harmony. dot uh, ca, and all the social channels and stuff like that are on there. All the all the goodies and uh, phone numbers and emails and that type of stuff uh, is pretty accessible. And I said, if you have people have questions about this podcast or any of kind of other bodies of work or stuff that I've done, uh, I'm pretty pretty accessible guy to get a hold of. And I, I, as you can probably tell, I like talking about what I do. The passion comes through when I talk, so I, I, uh, I enjoy giving back to people. So if you have any questions, I'm more than happy, more than happy to take some time out of my day to to answer those. So. Excellent. Yeah. And I encourage anyone that's listening to definitely take him up on his word, give him a call because the amount of knowledge I just consumed today from being here with you, it's amazing. And I, I know everyone that else that's listened to this so far, they've definitely learned a lot too. So thank you very much for sharing so much. And we have to do a part two or something soon, I think. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Well, th great. Thanks for having me. I think it's uh, it's great what you're doing. A lot of awesome people have already been on the show and I've listened to a couple already. So pat yourself on the back for doing something a little different, doing some trailblazing stuff as well. I said, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> don't just do the same old, same old. That's how, uh, that's how you know, that's how uh, great memories and experiences happen by doing something different. Exactly. And I'm going to remember our interaction here today forever. Good. It'll be great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much, thanks. man. Appreciate it. You bet. Well, there you have it, folks. That was Tristan DJ Anchor Meyer with all of the excellent knowledge to help any, any artist or entrepreneur, really, if you apply this into your own field, you'll be able to see exponential results. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I definitely enjoyed the time it took to produce it and to interview Tristan. Definitely will have him back on in the future. But until next time, guys, I'm going to keep this short just because my voice isn't up to par. But until next time, remember to make sure that you work as hard as you possibly can every single day towards a goal. Thanks so much. Come on, G, kick it.
Yes, it's 